For three decades, the entire world was a witness of his success or failure. His most memorable stunt gone bad was in 1967, Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small famed and forgotten from 1967. Hey everybody, welcome to the show! What's going on? We are doing it once again. Once more, 1967. It, it happened, happened one year. One year. Yeah, and that one year is currently 1967. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just, I wanted to say it this time because I feel like I'm always surprised when you say it because I'm still used to 1994, so. Yeah, I mean, even though we've done a couple episodes, it, uh, it still is a little getting used to because again, we did 50 some episodes in 1994, so. We did. Transition has been tough. <laughs> hard, hard placing our minds back there. Uh, we've changed nothing about the format or anything, just the year. Yeah, yeah. But I think, again, with 94, because we had all of the like firsthand experience of living through it, it was easier to pick topics and to know what was actually something and what wasn't something. Yeah. Uh, 67, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I think what we've learned here in the early going is just who knows. Yeah. So. I think the good thing about our topic today is I, I do feel like I had some awareness of most of these things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did too. I think that this was because we were talking about looking at the the scope of everything we've done so far this year. And we've done a little a little bit with movies. We've done a little bit with, you know, world events type yep. things, but nothing really hard hitting or anything like that. But we haven't really covered sports, I think, at all, no? really. Right. You know, we had the potato war and we had <laughs> the, the love in and, and you know, calling it, it, calling it a potato war is a little bit of an exaggeration. But that one guy did have a potato war with some planes. He did. It was him versus NATO and the man won. Yeah, he did. The yeah. only member of the it happened one year Hall of Fame helmet <laughs> vintage. So maybe today we can put these people in the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. I that think all of, all of them go into the Hall of Fame because we were yeah. thinking about how we tie these people together. And Joe, uh, as we were getting ready, gave a very like, oh, important people in sports in 1967. And I want to say like badass heroes of 1967 sports. Yeah, like, these are these are champions. These people are amazing. Perfect. I'm so excited. Individual sports accomplishments, because. <laughs> We looked at it and we were like, well, you know, there's all the major sports we got to talk about. There was also, you know, the NHL expanded and the ABA was founded and like there were big things that happened. Yeah. But those are big topics. And uh, I'm we're kind of tired. <laughs> we've, had, we've been doing a lot today. So we just bought the condo. So we've got like a bunch going on. And so we were like, let's get an episode together. Yeah. What can we do as a topic? And this is what we've come up with our uh, sports here. Individual accomplishment, basically in sports. Yes, yes. Basically. 
So listeners, Joe did brush over this, but from now on, uh, this show will be coming to you from the Colombian and lovely downtown Chicago, because now we are going to live here forever. Right. When the show started, if you had told me that like we would keep doing the show from this location for years to come, uh, I would have said you're crazy. Now, there's at yeah. least a chance we're going to stop doing the show altogether. But <laughs> when we do do the show, it will be coming from the Colombian from the, from for the time being. So, yeah, for we'll still be here. Yeah. For all foreseeable future. So some, some years from now, here, there's a peek behind the curtain of what's going on. <laughs> it's been it's been a hectic weekend. So the funny thing is, if we had put in a Hall of Fame for season one, yeah. this person would already be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I think that's the uh, part of the reason we chose to bring him into this episode, because we have now the opportunity to put him in the Hall of Fame as he should have been originally. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the I think he comes up in episode one because episode one of season one was the Al Cowlings episode, and that's where we really got into this whole experience. I would call him an Ahoy OG. Oh, the OG indeed. <laughs> uh, and that, of course, is the great Bubba Smith, who uh, famously starred in Bubba Until It Hurts, <laughs> the greatest workout video of all time. <laughs> Which we have yet, have you seen any of Bubba until There's it? only little clips of it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, getting an actual copy of it is really hard. Yeah. And I, I debated doing it, but it's on VHS, so I'd also have to buy a VCR. <laughs> Which we do not own. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But we need a VCR. Yeah. But it's they don't make them anymore, so you'd have to get like a secondhand one and just pray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. They're, they're, they're hard to find. I would say hard to use. Yeah. Hard to fix. Mm -hmm. So it's not a... a a particularly practical approach to watching anything, but no. you know we can give it a shot. Yeah. The thing with Bubba Smith is he's a he's an Ohio G, so he yeah. deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about the reason he's included in this episode, yeah. which is why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But I think he also, as we discovered, shows up on an episode of Who's the Boss, which puts him again in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's a lot to cover. Really, yeah, I mean, really Bubba Smith is not best known for his appearance on Who's the Boss. Or for Bubba Until It Hurts. <laughs> so the fact that we keep going over this same ground with Bubba Smith is odd. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. I should learn more about Bubba Smith. Oh, I'm going to tell you some things. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm so, excited. So uh, Bubba Smith, even in 1994, I think his most famous thing he does in 94, if I'm getting the timeline right, mm -hmm. is he does appear in Police Academy's Mission to Moscow, <laughs> which is the seventh Police Academy movie. <laughs> I so, forgot he was in that too. Yeah, so I mean that's I think his only '94 appearance that wasn't connected to Al Cowlings because yeah. they were all that's how the the yeah. workout video worked out. But Bubba Smith, so Bubba Smith was a football player originally. Yeah, that was his claim to fame sure. initially. Yep. He he went to Michigan State. He mm -hmm. was a big deal player. He, he's of one. Of, they've only retired like six numbers. Michigan State has a big all-time college football program. I don't know why they've only retired six numbers, but one of them is Bubba Smith's number. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. Yeah, and like, I mean, he was, again, he was a defensive player. It's not like he was a quarterback or something yeah. where like there would be a lot of attention that way. But So he was really good. He was really good. Yeah. And that Michigan State team in 66, I guess it would have been, was undefeated. Like, they were a really good oh, team. Oh, wow. And they played. They played in this game, the fa this famous game that was like touted as the game of the century, where they played undefeated Notre Dame. Oh. In the bowl game. Well, that's exciting. And then they tied, so they both ended up undefeated <laughs> oh still anyway. But but this was uh, Bubba Smith's big college career. It almost makes me want to go back and watch that football game from sixty years ago. I'm sure it's available <laughs> on YouTube and is riveting entertainment. <laughs> Watching old football games that, with that terrible, like, stationary camera is yeah, yeah. just awesome. Oh. So, anyway, so Bubba Smith then is in the 1967 draft, yep. and he's drafted first overall. Oh, my God. The top man. And this is how is I think he came up last time, too. 
This is probably an unfair question because I didn't prepare you that I was going to ask it, but yeah. how many defensive players are drafted first overall? I mean, there's more than you would think. It's mm. not always just quarterbacks. Mm. Like, you know, it, do, it doesn't happen a lot. It seems like the, the modern game yeah. shifts more towards, you know, big you know, skill position backs. players, yeah, right? Yeah. Not uh, defensive ends, which is what uh, Bubba Smith was. But Bubba Smith was also huge as a defensive end, even in the yeah. 60s. He's six foot seven, oh which as a God. defensive player in the 60s, that's like Wilt Chamberlain, like playing <laughs> against plumbers. Like it's that, you know. Um, but Wait, play like Mario and Luigi? Yeah, Wilt Chamberlain was just blocking Mario and Luigi constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, and then boom! Get that weak shit out of here. And then Wilt Chamberlain, he would go and have sex with Peach. <laughs> Because that's, oh what, because that's what Will Chamberlain yeah, did. Um, he was basically Bowser. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. Uh, so Bubba Smith is drafted first by the Baltimore Colts, who yep. were a big deal team in 67. Yep. And they he played in two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the famous loss to the Jets in Super Bowl three, And then they won uh, Super Bowl five. So Bubba Smith does have a Super yeah. Bowl ring. Uh, he claimed that he never wore his Super Bowl ring because they were that team... Even because again, it's only two years later, was so embarrassed by losing the game against the Jets. Wow, which strikes me as odd. It's still a championship, right? Yeah, I mean, you say the famous loss against the Jets, and yeah. I have never heard of that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, uh, the Jets have only won one Super Bowl, which oh. shouldn't come as a surprise. Oh, really? <laughs> and the Super Bowl they won was Super Bowl three, uh, oh, where they were Jets. a huge underdog. I mean, the Jets. Yeah. You know, first of all, it was you know they had just. This is only the third Super Bowl. Yeah. And the NFC was the much superior conference league. Yeah. league. yeah. And so the Packers won the first two Super Bowls. And then going into Super Bowl three, the Colts have Johnny Unitas. Like, this is oh, a big deal yeah. team. Um, but, you know, famously, Joe Namath is the quarterback of the Jets. Oh. He guarantees they're going to win. Oh. And they won. Now, the other thing with Bubba Smith, not to get too far off of this, but Bubba Smith, uh, when he was at Michigan State, he was like a big deal player, and yeah. so the the crowd would chant "Kill Bubba, Kill." This was something they did, and so later Bubba Smith writes an autobiography, also titled "Kill Bubba, Kill," and in it he claims that he thinks Super Bowl three was rigged somehow. Oh my god! And so, so that like the merger with the AFL would make more sense to people because the AFL oh. was so like inferior to the NFL. Interesting. This is what he claims. Yeah. Now. Bubba Smith ultimately dies of CTE, uh, so it's hard to say how. But he wrote this biography in the '80s. Like this yeah, wasn't yeah. when he. When was, did he die? 2011. He oh, died much okay. later. He, yeah. I mean, he wasn't an old man. He was only in his 60s when he died. He was 66. Yeah. So, it's not like he was deteriorated. But yeah. this is something that he does claim, and I don't know exactly how you rigging a football game is very difficult. Yeah. So I don't know what he pins to that. I don't. Like, I don't know all the ins has and outs. To be of in that. on it, right? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. the game again. They lose. I, that's a really low scoring game. So like maybe. But I, I again, I've never. I haven't watched that game or even the highlights of that mm-hmm. game with that in mind. So I don't know where he gets yeah. this from. But the Colts were clearly the superior team, and eight out of ten times they probably would have. Yeah. Anyway, Bubba Smith plays in the league for nine or ten years. Yeah. He bounces around a little bit. He played for the Colts, then he got traded to the Raiders, and he ended up playing with the Oilers at the end. Yeah. Um, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. As a pro, he was a good pro. It sounded like he was a pro bowler a couple times. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but I I think he was a a good, effective player. But even when I was a kid, I didn't know him as a football player. Like, I knew he had been a football player. Yeah. But I knew him as Hightower in the Police Academy movies. Like, that's just what I knew him from. You knew him from his workout video. So, I mean, I didn't know the workout video existed until <laughs> we started doing the show. In my mind, um, I really like, like, Baby Joe like, yeah. doing the Bubba Smith workout until video. Until it hurts. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. 
I could see it. I, honestly, honest to God, if I had known that there was a workout video, I was a big Police Academy fan. <laughs> so if you had told me, like, Hightower has a, a workout video, I'd be like, oh, Hightower has a workout video? I'll oh, check I'll, that I'll out. do that workout yeah. video. Does Tackleberry have one? I'll watch that one, too. Like, I was just all in on the Police Academy movies. Um, but anyway, so this, this is Bubba Smith's football career. Uh, and he, again, as the first overall pick, and, like, we talked about this before because... OJ was the first overall pick. Was Al, Al Collins wasn't the first pick. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up now. I feel like like why this came up, because it seemed like there were a bunch of people who who were high picks and then were all related to that workout video. <laughs> that that's why we talked about this. But I can't believe that's true. No, Al Collins was the fifth overall pick in 1970. Yeah. But OJ was the number one pick. Yep. In 68, I want to say. So yep. this is all connected like that. Yeah. So... Uh, 1967 individual accomplishment legend, basically just getting drafted first, already such a big deal. Yeah. Right? And then you transition into his acting career. I yeah. realize this isn't all 67, but this is kind of what we did in the, For sure. the first season. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the person's whole life. Oh, yeah. uh, Boba Smith's acting career is wonderful. <laughs> um, he doesn't have a lot of range, because yep. again, he's just a huge dude sure. who did a lot of comedies. Yeah. But the other day, I actually ran across his one episode of Taxi that he did. Oh, that's interesting. And his entire episode of Taxi is with Tony Danza. Oh. Because Tony Danza play, was a boxer. Yeah. And Bubba Smith plays a football player, which makes, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. And he is, like, trying to train to go and get a tryout with the Dolphins or something yeah. like that. Where uh, Tony is... This is in a period where he's not boxing, but he wants to, like, go back to it or something. Yeah. But he has no motivation to train. So him and Bubba are, like, training. <laughs> and that's this episode. Three more. Three more now. Come on, Tony. Three more now. Four. Five. Wait a minute, baby. Come on. Come on. One more. Six. That's it. Just ten more. <laughs> My arms feel like they're going to fall off. No pain, no gain. Besides, you probably only did 25 good ones. <laughs> then I believe this informs when Bubba later would appear on Who's yeah. the Boss 10 years later. Yeah, well, the thing is, I think, if I remember correctly, he was on a, a Who's the Boss episode in the last season. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. He, he, it's not like he was on season two. Right. It wasn't right after Taxi. It was, like, 92, that would have been? Yeah, this would wait on... Because yeah. yeah. I think this was, like... The second season of Taxi or the third season, yeah. maybe? Like, it's it's a little into the run, but it still would have been well before. Yeah. But, but Tony Danza did seem to do that on Who's the Boss, is bring in people. Oh, yeah. So, there like, Mary Lou Penner's on an episode yeah. and Jeff Conway's on an episode. Yeah. I don't know if Bubba Smith quite qualifies. Yeah. But that was all season... Not to... All right, now we're just going to show the listeners how much I know about Who's, who's the Boss. But that was season one. Like, Mary Lou Henner and Jeff Conway were both in season one. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't pull Bubba Smith in until season eight. Yeah. Now... The Bubba Smith, if I remember, that's one of those front door cameos, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. who's the boss by the end got... By the end, it became complete horseshit. <laughs> We're going to qualify that, where they just started bringing in cameos with to Tommy Lasorda and Mike Tyson turn up at the front door for no reason. Who was the, the standards player that came in from the kitchen, or the standards singer? Oh, it was like Jerry kitchen. Vale? Yeah. Or, yeah, like, the, the, the cameos they have on that show, oh, and they had Frank Sinatra on that show. Like... <laughs> How Who's the Boss even worked? You know what? Let's not talk about it. it it's, we, for some reason, we watch gold. it so much and talk about Who's the Boss so much now. Yeah, yeah it's For gold. no good reason. No, it's because it's, it's gold. I think the other day you said that you thought it was one of the top five <laughs> sitcoms of all time, where I was like, it might be in the top 300. No. Stand by it. What did I say? I, I think I said it was Cheers, Who's the Boss, Friends. 
<laughs> top three sitcoms of all time. You're, you're taking a ballsy swing. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure it's the t- in the top three Tony Danza sitcoms. <laughs> okay, that's nonsense. It's, I mean... It's number one. I mean... I mean, there's still Taxi. Yeah. And then, I wasn't he, what was that other show he did that, like, no, was like... No, if you can't name it, it's not yeah, Who's the Boss. No, Who's the Boss was a long-running show. Yeah. Yeah. Very successful. I don't know. That, that Johnny Carson show thing that's on Peacock <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> there's Johnny that ran for six episodes. Oh. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Bubba yeah. Smith did that. Bubba yep. Smith, however, was in all of the police. Just I think he's, he misses one, but he was in all yeah. of the major police academy movies. Uh, playing Hightower, who's just a wonderful character. A very Bubba Smith-esque yeah. character. So like a big guy. Uh, and he's kind of funny. Like, yeah. he's not Gutenberg. Like, he's not, you know, he's not crushing one-liners, but uh, he's very distinctive. And, yeah. it, and I, I don't remember a time when I didn't know who Bubba Smith was. Oh, like, interesting. I was a police academy fan as a kid my whole life. So. Yeah. Uh, I've gone back and watched some of them. They don't totally hold up. <laughs> but, but I distinctly, like, uh, him, like, I want to say wrestles alligators in the fifth one. And wow. it's just fantastic. So. Wow. I, I'm not sure how they would have worked that into the plot, but I support it. Yeah, Police Academy 5 is crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy one. But that's the one I've seen the most. Operation Miami Beach, 100%. <laughs> I, think I, I think I threw in an audio clip from that in a different episode. You might have, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, I, is it possible we've I already talked about Police Academy 5? I believe we have. I, can't, I couldn't tell you why. Probably Bubba Smith, Oh, probably. Actually. God, we got to cover some new ground. All right, let's transition away. Okay. But definitely in the yeah. uh, It Happened One Year Hall of Fame, yeah. the great Bubba Smith. The idea of running long distance was always considered, you know, very questionable for women because, you know, an arduous activity would would mean that you're going to get big legs and grow a mustache and hair on your chest and your uterus was going to fall out. So I filled out the entry form. I signed my name with my initials. I signed K.V. Switzer. When I signed it that way, obviously when the form went in, they couldn't tell it from a guy's. The world's most famous foot race even attracts a leggy lady, Kay Switzer of Syracuse. So speaking of other people who are in the Ahoy Hall of Fame, though not an OG, because this is the first time we're going to talk about her, mm. 1967, Catherine Switzer mm. runs the Boston Marathon for the first time. She's the first woman to register and complete the Boston Marathon, except for the other woman who registered and completed the Boston Marathon the same year she did. So it's a little bit tricksy what happens. So so 1966, this woman named Bobby Gibb tries to register for the marathon, gets declined. She runs the marathon without a bib, 1966, finishes, and I think to like now is credited as, as the first woman who ran the Boston Marathon. But she didn't have a bib, she wasn't registered, she wasn't mm. counted, like all of that. Come 1967, Catherine Switzer registers as K.V. Switzer. So she gets a bib, she pays the fee, she qualifies, she submits all of her physical stuff, runs the marathon as a registered, like, woman running the marathon. Right. Um, What I don't know is if Bobby Gibb also registered that year. I don't think she did, but Bobby Gibb ran again in 1967. Even though she has a man's name. And you think she could have got away with that. Yeah, Yeah. B-O-B-B-I, just put a Y on the end, you'd think she would have covered it. Could have done it. They both wore, like, hoodies with their hoods up to try and run it, whatever. Do you think they were, like, purposely, like, misogynistic? <laughs> like, at the starting line, they're like, oh, thank God there's no broads here. <laughs> they're being real dicks Yeah, like, yeah, I get uh, you, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to talk really low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't know, but, like, she said that when she came to the starting line, I think some people knew she was a woman, like, the people she was around, and they were pretty welcoming, right? Oh. So she starts to run the marathon, and at some point, her hood falls down, like, it becomes clear that a woman is running it. And this dude, who was, like, uh, he organized the marathon. For years, he had, like, 
run, he volunteered to like organize the whole thing. He was he considered himself Mr. Boston Marathon. Oh. His name was Jock Semple. Jock. He like hops off the press truck that he's on because he's like again the organizer of the marathon, and he starts to like tr- yell at her, try and pull her bib off, like all of that yeah. stuff to. Because he believed women shouldn't be able to run the marathon. Now, nowhere in the rules did it say that women couldn't run, neither in the like amateur running association rules, whatever that was called, or in the Boston Marathon rules. It didn't say anywhere that she technically wasn't able to, yeah. to run, but he just believed that she shouldn't be able to. And that's that famous picture of him the like grabbing picture. her. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. like he grabbed her. He like, yeah. And so she like pushed him off. She got away from him. Her boyfriend was running with her. He like gave him, he her boyfriend gave him like a shoulder and dropped him. Nice. And so they kept running and yeah. she finished. Now, she finished an hour behind Bobby Gibbs, who also ran that year, uh, who actually was like, she won the women's, you know, not that there's <laughs> the a women's woman, division. The women's yeah, division, yeah. the two of them, yeah. um, that year. But I don't think Bobby was registered. So she she's considered the first registered woman to have completed the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And she did. She finished and, and you know, was able to stave off the the, the organizer who wanted to stop her. Oh. The next year, her her legacy is that they banned women from running the Boston oh. Marathon. But then in 1972, they started a, a women's marathon. And from what I can tell, like, they all kind of run at the same time, but there is still a men and yeah, a yeah. men's and a women's winner. Yeah. But, like, they were considered separate races. But oh. I think over time, they sort of came together and, yeah. you know, whatever. But she also, she once won the New York women's like the women's time for the new york marathon although her personal best is at boston not that year but is a is at boston she finished that year in like just over four hours i think yeah i guess i never would have thought that like these the local marathons the city marathons would have been like the masters or would have been you know like Mm -hmm. because i think the olympics had like they must i don't think they had like yeah I mean, they always had women's events, so I don't know why it would have been something that they just couldn't do at the, yeah. you know, New York or I don't know what Chicago does. Like, I don't know when or whenever that started, but I don't know why they didn't, you know, like what was the hold up there? Yeah, I, I think people just didn't want women to run. Like yeah. they just thought they, they thought women physically couldn't run marathons at the time. I believe women were only allowed to compete in races under a mile and a half. <laughs> Like, how bullshit is that? Yeah. And her, even, there, she tells these stories of how even her coach was like, I don't think you can do it, so you have to run a full marathon, like the full distance, before yeah. I will take you to Boston. And she did. So do you think it was like bad 60s sports bra technology? <laughs> They're like, you just can't do this. Yeah, I mean, so. to be clear, like, you need a good sports bra. There's I, a lot I mean, of chafing that I'm yeah. sure happens running. Yeah. I've never run a marathon, as you can guess. Oh, no? No, not really yeah. my in my strength, but it seems yeah. awful. We ran that 5K that one time yeah. with our dick mustaches on and uh, that was pretty that was pretty tough as it was yeah, so, yeah. it was fun but i was also really sick so yeah, yeah. we got to the end and i the center of my mustache had burned away from snot just pouring out of my nose it was really attractive delightful we got to the end and i turned to joe and he was like oh you should take that mustache off it looks disgusting uh listeners i will not be posting a picture from our ditka dash <laughs> from five years ago because it was gross it was so gross i was yeah. so sick um but it was fun um but yeah no she ran much further than we did uh yeah i'd say by like significantly yeah by like 21 plus miles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good for her yeah so uh, so she's in the hall of fame yeah. too badass runner 1967 Catherine Switzer. i realize up until now we only have one member of the hall of fame because we forget to do it <laughs> yeah 
Even though clearly we could have put in maybe not Elvis, but like <laughs> remember the other guy who's just like smoking real dramatically? Yeah, yeah. he could be oh, in totally from Clambake. I don't remember his name, but like I don't want to retroactively be putting people in. We yeah. got to remember to do it at I the know. episode. We're, so. we're, we're bad at our own bits. Yeah, I do like the idea that we're gonna pass up Elvis for the Hall of Fame and instead put some rando in there. Elvis Schmelvis, <laughs> the number two entry, Bubba Smith, and number three is Catherine Switzer. Yeah, who, however, is number four? Oh. Oh, you're asking me. That's what I. We gotta finish the episode. I thought you were correcting the Catherine Switzer. Oh no, number. no. Oh, as yeah. though we've crammed someone else yes. in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like Charles Rob, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Rob, or like. Oh, Chuck Rob. LBJ's dog. Like. <laughs> oh, what was the dog's name? Ah, uh, oh, damn it. Uh, mm. What was the dog's name? Mm. Well. Well, that's really ground to a halt. <laughs> what was the dog's name? Delaying radio. Um. No, I can't. Is it all you can think of, Fala? Yeah, it's all yeah, I can me think too. Of. It's something like that, kind of, isn't it? I don't it's know. It's probably Steve. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's not Jumbo. That was, that was LBJ's name for his penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. What's your dog's name? Like Dave Johnson? It's like Dave Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lyndon Bones Johnson. <laughs> That's clearly that the dog's name. That is a missed opportunity. Clearly the dog's name. Like yeah. Okay. So, no, number four in the Hall of Fame. To wrap up to today's, wrap up today's, today's individual accomplishments. Yes. Is uh, 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 our friend Bob, Bob Knievel. Bobby Knievel. I just learned today that his first name was Bob. Robert Knievel. I knew his son was Robbie Knievel, and I, so I, I figured I that that was the yeah. reason, but yeah. 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 We were watching a little bit about this event, yeah. and someone just referred to him as Bob, and I was like, that. His name was Bob? That seems like... And and then why do you change your nickname to Evil with an E? The second... The second <laughs> okay, it's E-V. It should be Shmevel can Evil. <laughs> yeah, Evil with an E, yeah. I think... I, I did read at one time why he changed it, but honestly, I don't remember. It's just cool sounding, right? Evil yeah. can Evil sounds well, awesome. Yeah, it rhymes. Not, sounds not, great. Why not spell it E-V-I-L? He spells it E-V-E-L. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know, because there's an I in his last name, so it is strange. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway. But no, uh, I, I would say... Retroactively, the Catherine Switzer story is a famous story. I don't know how famous that was at the time. That yeah. that feels like yeah. that was probably yeah. almost like a page eight thing in the sports section. Yeah. But the Evil Knievel story, this was a huge deal when it oh, happened. It was, I believe, it was a big televised event, and there was a million people there—not a million, literally—but mm-hmm. at the Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, yeah. uh, uh, New Year's Eve, nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Bob. Bob Knievel, who'd only Knievel. really been doing this for a couple years. Yeah. This wasn't like. His well into his career, we're going to try something dicey. No. He had kind of just started. This is like the thing that was supposed to make him famous, and it did, but maybe not why, for the reason that he wanted it oh, to. Oh, it made him famous. <laughs> yeah. He was So he was 29 at the time. Mm, young Bob Knievel. Young Bob Knievel, and yeah. he decided to jump a, a fountain at Caesar's Palace, which was like, what was it, 140 yeah. feet? The 141 fountain, yeah. feet, yeah. yeah. And uh, he, you know, prepared his, like, pre-show. My, my favorite part of the story is that before the jump, he went to the casino, he put his last $200 down on a blackjack table and lost. Mm. He took a shot of wild turkey, and then he went to go do the jump. That's the story. This is what I like, in the, even in the documentaries, is that, like... Now it seems like there's so much physics involved and it's like, you know, how you want to land on the ramp and how fast you have to go. And they're literally like, Evil Knievel had no idea the science of this. He just gave it a shot. Yeah, go fast and try. And like, that's so, it's so 60s wonderful and like, reminds you of your childhood. Yeah. Where you're just out trying shit. Yeah. Where now it's like, 
helicopter parenting. Like, but back then, it was just do whatever you want. Like, I want a big wheel flying down Ferdinand Street. That's literally what I would do as a kid. Like, it was crazy. Like, you just contrast Evil Knievel with helicopter parenting? I would say it's an it's a one-to-one comparison. All right, I'll take because it. Because Evil Knievel was such a big deal. Yeah. You know there were a lot of kids breaking their legs, jumping oh, their big w- sure. jumping their bicycles off of ramps, yeah. right? Parents didn't hate anyone more in 1967 than Evil Knievel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he was trying to jump the fountain. He said he got a sudden loss of power on the bike as he lifted off the jump. Oh. And that he felt the... De- like a deceleration and so he he went he got over the fountain yeah but the back wheel of his bike landed kind of like on the edge of the of the oh. ra- of the landing ramp and things didn't go particularly yeah. well from there yeah i mean really it doesn't look that bad not the not the the, the wreck, the wreck yeah, yeah. looks bad the yeah, landing yeah. looks pretty good like yeah, yeah. At, like if you didn't realize this was going to happen you watched it in slow motion you yeah. think he might make this because like the bike doesn't miss the ramp. It doesn't even really look short. So that's I why the deceleration is odd because yeah. it's not like he crashes into the ramp or right. the fountain. So. They did say that he was short. Like the, that was the thing with the back Short tire. of where but they it, wanted it, to what be. What you can tell is when he lands is that he doesn't expect to land that way. Yeah. And I think that's why things got so messed up when he landed because yeah. he was prepared to land like on the ramp and yeah. not like hit the thing before the ramp. Yeah. Well, so the little thing we watched did show then other people who tried this. And Robbie Knievel lands great and he but he yeah. lands way down the ramp yeah, which i think is the key which is yeah, yeah. 1989 yeah now the other guy whose name i don't remember glenn mm. somebody was the next person Good to try God. it and he wrecked so badly that he like broke his back and they said his aorta got ripped out of his heart and yet he still lived, he lived yeah but like honestly all that happens to you do you want to live no what was glenn's life oh my after god that? the evil Horrifying. and evil crash like he sort of he they, they described it as ragdoll like he tumbles yeah, yeah. over like, and it, like it looks bad but it doesn't look i mean he like he flips over yeah and so the fact that his head doesn't hit the ground you're like well that's probably what saves him right yeah, like totally i mean i'm sure he slowed down a little bit just from landing on the ramp and making it a couple feet before he flips over yeah yeah totally um it, it looks bad but like that guy he's just sailed yeah he like and he crashes into he, something he like, misses the ramp and yeah that's yeah the problem is that he just sort of like lands on the side of the ramp yeah on the yeah. side of the ramp and he just like and then he hits a pole it looks like he hits a pole yeah. or something like he, he really wrecks into something where then the motorcycle yeah. like stops and he gets thrown yeah. And this oh. is why he gets so hurt. That yeah. that crash was horrifying yeah. looking. But yeah. No, Evil Knievel also wrecked. Yeah. They said he broke like 40 bones or something. Yeah. Um, and but the the best part of this is that he goes to the hospital, they say his injuries are bad, but in reality not super life threatening. Yeah. But he kind of spins it into, like, I spent 30 days in a coma. And so even one of the videos we were watching, like, says was that. reporting and says he spent 30 days in a coma. But apparently there was a there was a documentary called Being Evil, which I kind of remember watching. Maybe. Or something. Yeah. But in that, his wife refutes the fact that he spent 30 days in a coma. She's like, yeah. no, that's not true. <laughs> well, I, re- I saw some story about this that, like, he's in the Guinness Wor- Book of World Records for breaking the most bones and surviving. And the record, <laughs> they record they have is, like, 430 bones, which is an insane. You it's insane. You have bones in your body in his lifetime. Oh, he broke all of these. Oh, he didn't it. break his skull and his yeah. and his, the hammer and yeah. the thing in his ear. Yeah. You know. But in the course of his life, that's what they claim. Mm. Now, Robbie says that he only broke like forty bones, <laughs> and Evil even said like maybe fifty. Like he says, it's not. It's not four hundred bones, right? Because even that, like I think Jackie Chan's broken eighty bones. Like you know, it's a, come on. So, so I think you know, in the Daredevil game. This is like, yeah. you know, let's blow it. Especially in the 60s. Who cares? Yeah. Like, they were really blowing it up for the pub. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But, I mean, I, don't, I think, again, this was before our time, so I think it's hard to really relate to this. But yeah. I think that it's odd that a Daredevil was such a big 
cultural figure. Yeah. That, like, everybody knows who Evil Knievel is. Yeah. But could not name literally one other person who does this. You know no. what I mean? He's the only... It's like, um... Kobayashi and the hot dog eating. Like, he's the only... Oh, it's him yeah. and Joey Chestnut. There's nobody else. Nobody yeah. can name other people who do this, you know? And, like, to become, like, famous yeah. and the only one, I think, is an interesting thing. I kind of feel like a good comparison is Copperfield, right? There are yeah. a ton of famous magicians. Not, like, not illusionists. The, yeah, yeah, that do, like, the yeah. big sh- stuff that he did. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, like, magicians as a kid was, like, like Kurt Henning, who had, like, the the goofy hair. Oh, and yeah, he would yeah, do yeah. Stuff, But he didn't yeah, do yeah. stuff like Copperfield did. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, David Blaine. Yeah. Which is more, like, tricks. Psychic. Yeah. Isn't he a psychic, David Blaine? Well, he, I think he does card tricks and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's right. But he also does, like, he holds his breath in blocks of ice and just non- oh, nonsense, yeah, yeah. That's right. like, suffering type Who's things. Who's the guy that I'm thinking of that would, like, read your mind? Oh, John Edwards? Yeah, that's the guy. That guy's not anything. He's yeah, just a yeah. con artist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but, like, but that's what I mean. Like, it's such a specific thing, and it's, like, you're the one who can do it, yeah. and then you're, that's it. Like, yeah. you're the only one, yeah. you know? And I think Evil Knievel is that interesting figure. Yeah. Even though, like, I guess there are people. Like, remember there's the guy who, like, he, he was, like, a... Some sort of like extreme guy, but he would jump out of planes from higher and higher. Oh yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. I the remember. highest person to ever like, survive from space that. And, yeah, yeah, I don't remember that guy's yeah. name, but like. And the tightrope walkers kind of are kind of like. Yeah, that, but, but I don't know how many famous tightrope walkers are there. I, like I can't, the, the none. Bro- the brother, someone, the the people who did the the, the Walendas. The, yeah, <laughs> but they were in the circus. Oh no, who are the the twin tower people? Oh oh, Philippe Petit, right? Isn't that the guy's name? The guy who did the from the World yeah, Trade Center, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the guy's name, Man on Wire. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but I like, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a, a household name, but like, yeah, but I see your point. I don't know yeah. His name, but yeah, the only tightrope walker I know, and this is from when I was a kid, it was a guy named Blondin who walked across Niagara Falls. Oh, I remember that. Because I remember there was yeah, a yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I read a book called Blondin of Niagara or something, and yeah. like, I like so his name is like burned into my mind. <laughs> I have no idea when that happened. <laughs> Like I don't, I have no. That could have happened literally in the 1800s. Like I have no idea. But he's the only like yeah. tightrope walker I know. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one. Interesting. But it's, it's such an odd yeah. thing to like become famous for something like that, and, the, and famous to the point that everybody knows you. Yeah, you know? and the only other person that you know that really did it is his son. Yeah, Robbie Knievel's the only other person yeah. that you could definitely name. Do you think his kids were like, shit? Now we're gonna have to yeah. do this. Imagine you're growing up and dad's in the hospital all the time <laughs> for breaking his back and shit. And then you're like, well, my name's Knievel. I can't become an accountant. You know, I can't be, well, go down to Rob Knievel, the podiatrist. And, you know, that's not going to work. Like, you can't put your name on, like, you can't be a realtor, put your name on a, on a bench and your picture on a bench and be, like, no, Rob Knievel. No, come down. Ju- jump your, your your Volvo down to Rob Knievel to get your, you know, bunions lanced. Like, that's, that's not going to work, you know. So, I don't think, yeah, it's hard. That's got to be tough. Also, did he have other kids? Like, was there one that was a jumper and the other one who was like, come on. Like, I can't also do this. What was his name? Like, Dave Dave (laughs) Knievel? I don't know. I wonder if he does have, like, other kids who just had normal lives and they were just like, you know, the hell with you, Dad. Like, just like, mad do you, Dad. I'm going to live my own life. I got a ska band. There's a daughter. Like, it's got to be a daughter named, like, Stacy Knievel. Yeah, Stacy Knievel's life. Yeah. And she's just trying to be, she's like a piccolo player. She's trying to fight her way through like the London, you know, symphony. And she's just like, I'm doing my best. And they're like, your name's, you're, are you a Knievel? I'm not. <laughs> they're at the family picnic and I was like, everyone get on the dirt bikes. And she's like, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No. no. She always like denies him. I'm not related to that chump. She's trying to get married. So she change her name. Yeah. She just marries anybody. Uh, she's like, you gotta hyphenate it. So. <laughs> not gonna do it. Lucy Knievel Charles Realm. <laughs> so it's just sad. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be tough. Oh, yeah. that's great. Oh boy. So 
so also in the Hall of Fame. That's it. I realize we have blown the Hall of Fame up today. Did we just put Evil Knievel in the Hall of Fame? Straight I feel like in. other people have done that. Like, at least, you know, our other two people are a yeah. little bit more obscure. They're in the Hall of Fame for, like, Ahoy-related reasons. Sure. Evil Knievel's the only person who does what he does. And we're like, well, let's Okay, but, like, is there a Daredevil Hall of Fame? Because I think we've a, we've learned today Catherine Switzer's in the Women's Hall of Fame. There's a Women's Hall of Fame. Which is a th- weirdly a just thing like that exists. for being women. Yeah, which, I mean, good for them. It yeah. does. It seems a little broad. And yeah. I mean that literally. <laughs> but it does seem like they're just like, let's, any famous women, let's get We're them We need to appreciate that yeah. fun before we move on. It seems a little broad. But then, and then Bubba Smith is in the College Football Hall of Fame. So, sure. I mean, these are legitimate Hall, Hall of, of Famers. Fans. Yeah. And now they join Helmet Vinter in the only Hall of Fame that really matters in the podcast community. Yeah. Ahoy's Hall of Fame. Ahoy's, Ahoy Hoff. Congratulations. Catherine Switzer is still alive. Yeah. Where uh, Evil Knievel died in 2007. Yeah. Bubba Smith died in 2011. 2011. So. And Helmut Winter died. He also died in the early 2000s. So yeah. Catherine Switzer, the only living member of the Hall of Fame. Yes. So we got to see who we can else we can, we shoot can her cram note. in here. I wonder if it's that. Shoot her a note. <laughs> shoot her Send her an IM. <laughs> hey, friend. FYI. Hey, good news. Listen to this week's episode. You've made another Hall of Fame. <laughs> Women's Hall of Fame. It happened one year Hall of Fame. The first woman inductee we have, we've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't believe it took us to the third inductee to get to the <laughs> It took woman. us episode 65 or whatever <laughs> this is. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, right. we'll, we'll see. I think we've covered it. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's all we need. It's nice work. Uh, can you list your favorite Police Academy movies? Can you rank them? Rank all seven movies. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, top spot. Yeah, number one. Would be... The first one. Police Academy 1. Yeah. Yeah, that makes the best sense. One. Yeah. And then how many are there? There's seven. There's seven? Yeah. Uh, the rest of them are number seven. Oh, they're all the same. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's nothing. No. <laughs> no. So Citizens on Patrol is not above City Under Siege. Uh, no. No. No, because I don't think I've seen them. Oh. Well, you're really missing out. Yeah. Some of them are pretty good. I don't think I've ever seen a complete Police Academy movie. What? I think that's true, actually. Oh, my God. I got, I've we, got bad news for you. Oh, my God. We, we own all of them, weirdly, on Blu-ray. <laughs> and so we're going to watch some police... You should watch some police academy movies. They're like dumb 80s comedies. Yeah, no, I'm sure. This isn't like I'm forcing you to watch obscure 60s foreign films, no. which we might also do. I know. No, that's For fine. This we, can, we can watch it. You'd like some of them. I'm sure I would. Who doesn't like Steve Gutenberg? Honestly, I'm guessing we've had this exact conversation on the podcast Probably on this before, show. And yeah. we have not watched any since then. So huh. what I'm going to do is I'm just going to let this lie. No. Oh. And we're going to see what happens. <laughs> uh, see what I did? I didn't let it lie. We're going to watch Police Academy tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I mean... Again, I, I, I feel like you, you've got a huge gap, and you're going to be surprised when you watch them and be like, culturally, I didn't need to do this. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've seen at least parts of some of them. Sure. If not all of And they were great. One of them, they're fine. Oh. I mean, I, I'm talking like as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were, were on HBO, HBO all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I know basically of them. Yeah. I know that Gutenberg is in them. He's in the first four. I know basically what they're about. Yeah. There's a lot we of people pop up might have watched ones. one recent like in the pandemic maybe it feels like something you would put on with and you me, fall asleep ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. To fall asleep. but i mean it's funny the people who not to keep going down this road but the people who pop up on that show on that uh on that, those movies yeah. there's enough significant like kim cattrall's in the one is that right she's in like one of the early ones yeah uh tim kesarinski who we've seen in person yeah, yeah. uh he's yep. in them bobcat goldthwaite's in a couple sure. of them uh bubba smith yep 
George Gaines from Punky Brewster. He's in almost all of them. Who is he in Punky Brewster? He's our, the, the, dad? the old man, yeah. No, yeah. I don't really remember Punky Brewster that well. I liked it, but I don't remember yeah, it yeah. that well. But I mean, there's there's enough like significant-ish yeah. people, people you would recognize that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure. So, I'm I'm not disparaging. The, I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just trying to say. I think they get thought of as just completely nothing. Yeah. 80s comedies and like they're not great movies but like there's they're they're in that very much 80s silly vibe yeah that i think you would probably you'd probably enjoy them yeah at least some of them i'm sure would. i've still never to this day seen the last one wow i've seen all of the other i've seen i've seen four five and six a ton of times because that was just at the right age you just never saw seven seven was a little as a couple years later and so i never saw it mission to moscow i've never seen that's bonkers yeah one of these days yeah we've got it so we could, but we got to watch the first six, or you're not gonna know what's going I on. I feel like it's I'll a figure it big, out. complicated story. Oh, my God. oh, remember the guy from Spaceballs who makes all the noises? Yeah, he's he's in all yeah. of them. That's the literally the only person I know is in. Yeah, the Michael Winslow. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's someone who makes noises in that yeah. movie. No, oh, yeah, you should, you'd, you'd like it. Sure, I would. Yeah, yeah, and plus Gutenberg. Yeah, which again connects back to a great Who's the Boss joke. <gasps> I was gonna say that, but I wasn't gonna bring it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, lately everything's coming back to yeah. who's the best. All right, I'll set the stage for the joke and then I'll tell it. Right. Well, this is this is gonna be the outro. Yeah, you sure. tell. You okay. figure out this joke. So, uh, what was happening in this in the episode? It was something like they were getting someone to authenticate books for some reason. Oh, I remember. So Sam had gone to like a, a reading at a college group for, and like kind of had a crush on an English professor. And so she like came home, and I think she told them that she was into an older man or something. So they invited him over, and the guys was that they invited him over to authenticate a like signed book that Tony had, and of course he made it up. So he like opened the book and like, signed it real fast before the guy got there. And so Tony was like trying to meet this guy, and so the professor comes over and he looks at the book. It was like a I don't remember what it was, but it was like a, a like English like a, what was female English authors like a Emily Dickinson or something like sure. that. I, I don't remember exactly. But and he looks at it, he's like, I have to, I'm sorry, this is a fake and blah, blah, blah. And so they're, so the guy's leaving and Tony says something along the lines of, oh, I guess our other books probably aren't real too. And he's a, he turns to Angela and he says, I told you Gutenberg's first name wasn't Steve. Because <laughs> it was a Gutenberg Bible. Bible. Yeah. 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 Oh, hilarious. It was a great joke. You're welcome, everybody. Who's <laughs> the boss? This is a great show. There's no topping that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all relevant social media. Thanks. You would never find Angela in a meat market like this. I'm sure you would. She's right over there. <laughs> Holy s***. <laughs> <laughs> You would never find Angela in a meat market like this. I'm sure you would. She's right over there. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy s***. <laughs> <laughs>